Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast live from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. I'm joined here by Ernest and Hunter. Yeah. How y'all Say doing? hi to the listening audience. Hello, listening audience. How you What's guys, the popping with y'all? How you guys enjoying the con so far? Oh, I'm loving it. Loving um, every little bit of it. They've been sapping all the money out of my wallet. So, I mean, like, I like it. You know, it's cool. Yeah. I, this is my first time coming. The but. flow of commerce keeps coming on through these merchant mesas right here yep. that we possess ourselves in. Yeah. So, you guys wanted to talk a little Endgame. Yes. Yeah. And Endgame. Avengers Endgame, for those who don't know, which sounds impossible. Um, <laughs> so, That's facts. Yeah, you, so, what do you guys think? Uh, Endgame is, a, in my opinion, the best way to wrap up 10 years of cinematic history. Could not they, agree more. You know, there's a lot of shows and a lot of movies that when it's in the trilogy base or when it's in the continuous base, it does not do them justice. Endgame, they did it. They did it right. They yeah. did it right. They gave Captain America. I mean, like, I wasn't messing with him after what he did to Iron Man and uh, Captain America Civil War. <laughs> but, you know, he redeemed himself. Yeah. So, and he got to live his little 70 years as, you know, a regular person, which is what he always wanted. So, that's all he needed. One of the beautiful things about Civil War, I felt, was that both were right and both were wrong. So, we're both kind of seeing two fractured people separate by the very end of it. So, Endgame does exactly what Infinity War kind of sets up, which is get those guys back in a room together. Because without them being united... The whole thing doesn't work. Which we have to give credit to the Russo brothers just for being able to take what had been built and just completely expand on it and be able to finish it properly. Because if, if it was anybody else, I think they would have mishandled it. Oh, that movie it, probably opinion. would have been a train wreck. Yeah. That movie probably would have I been. mean, like, now I love First Avenger a lot, uh-huh. um, which is, I think it's a wonderful World War II movie, the kind that Joe Johnston did perfectly fine in The Rocketeer and I think perfected with. Uh, First Avenger. Now, granted, that's kind of a controversial statement, but First Avenger kind of like refines themes that the Rocketeer adjusts. So when you get the Russo brothers in for Winter Soldier, 
I wasn't expecting much, and then it kind of blows you out of the water exactly. with the way they're they're basically treating it as the episodic storytelling it should be while yeah. keeping a contained cinematic feel to it. And Endgame certainly feels that way. It's an epic. Mm-hmm. Like, it's oh, not man. It, it's not defined by a genre so much as by, a, like, an event scale. So, um, I mean, and what were your favorite moments in that film? Because there there's so, so many to go through. Oh, exactly. so many. Like, when Tony got to see his father back when they traveled back in time and have that sort of closure, and he figured out, like, the man that his father is. He didn't know, pretty much. Um, like, when he was a kid growing up, he had his moments with his dad, but he didn't really know who his dad was. But when he got to have that closure and ask him and see how much he would like actually love him in the future, it was like, damn, yeah. that shit hurt. It's a wonderful moment, I think, and it encapsulates a lot of Tony's character, and it gives a lot of... I think Robert Downey Jr. is, like, he's been properly getting praise, and I think it needs to be taken further because he he gives one of the most solid acting performances of the year. Man. Mm-hmm. I know by doing the same thing he's been doing for the past 10 years, but... It's refined. It's it feels fresh. It's a different take on him because he now has a kid. Yeah, that, that providing that five year gap, especially really. with the whole character arc. Exactly. Like if we look back from the first Iron Man Ooh. and see like the, the, the character the, the, <laughs> of just him, like because I personally love this because it's like me, 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 me until Avengers. Yeah, and then, and then suddenly it's wait, like until Infinity War, really, because he had Peter. Yeah. He has all these other people that are relying on him. He threw his life on the line, and in Endgame, now he has a daughter. And the only reason any of that got set in motion, the time traveling, getting perfected, all of that, was only because he felt such a strong will to bring back Peter. Yeah. And he's like, you know what, I owe it to him because he had so much faith into me. And, you know, he was not that same person in the first movie. No. Yeah. It's the cost of him being selfless. Yeah. It's kind of interesting when you think about it, how his selflessness ends up being his downfall? Yeah. Yes. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's... His heroic he, outing. That's yeah. why he was so hesitant at he, first. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he goes, but... I mean, like, Pepper says it clearly, which is just like, it's okay, Tony, you can rest now. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. God. That, finally. And then she, she turned it off, and there, there was such a fucked up meme going around when she, like, actually turned off Oh, with the internet? It was like a... Me-do-do-do. Really? Yes. That's dark. I watched it, and I was like, oh, no, not again. I mean, you have Tony, and you... You know, we were talking about it prior to the start of the recording, but you've got Cap's arc, which uh-huh. wraps up beautifully in a way that I kind of didn't think they were going to go for. Like, Exa- the moment I see old Cap on a bench, I'm like, oh, God, he did it. <laughs> yeah, he did it. <laughs> yep. He got to go Everybody back. Everybody's like, He's actually uh, bold out enough. of all of them, don't got, let him go. He got to because... be freaking happy. I love it. <laughs> Finally. I honestly, I think Fat Thor needs to be talked about more. He's the unsung hero of this movie. Because everyone's like, oh no, like they downsized him. No. I like, mean, he if, came in dual wielding. It's, a, it's the conclusion of his arc. If you were in charge of your people and you like had a chance to like end it all and you completely miss it, how else are you going to react as a person? It's a, you know what it is? I've, I've been calling it, since the movie came out, the most accurate prote- pre- uh, portrayal of PTSD Literally. I've seen. Because hmm. like, PTSD, like, when I see it portrayed sometimes, like, they show the dour side, but there is, like, a somewhat tragic comic side to it, and he does it so well because he's just, like, all he wants to do is, like, drink beer in his apartment and play video games, shut out the world, yeah. not care about what anything else, and then he has to not only go back in time, travel with Rocket Raccoon into that venture, but also has to confront his mom and kind of, like, own Talk up to, to something her. in himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just by the time he reaches the end and he's just 
calling his armor to him. Like, he's just he's at the fuck it point. Yep. Yeah. And then you've got him giving Valkyrie the throne yep. at the end of it, which, I mean, I know it's to set up as Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm like, he could have just walked off into the ocean and it would have been amazing to me. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an incredible performance. And I don't think people recognize how much pain this man like, actually went through. Like, his first movie lost about four of his people. Second movie lost a good grip of his people. Third movie literally lost half of them when Thanos invaded their ship. Thanos snaps his finger, loses another half of his people. There's about like 400 of them at this point. Yep. I think the and theme of the Thor movies is that he's not a good king. <laughs> but he is essentially. A good, but he's a great person. And that's yeah. that's the difference in that whole scenario. Um, I liked how Ant-Man was utilized um, much more around this time. Yeah. I mean, they gave him a lot more functionality than I think they've given him, even in his own films sometimes. Yeah. Um, he's a very proactive character, which I appreciate. Yeah, they finally utilized him, in my eyes, like, more properly. Because, obviously, like, if Hank hadn't been snapped away, yeah, they, they would go straight to him. Yeah, it would just yeah. been a Michael Douglas cameo. But everyone's just like, oh, yeah, Ant-Man's Ant-Man. No, Ant-Man kind of started this whole thing, and if it wasn't for him having his crazy They'd still be time heist. Depressed. Yeah, that time that heist idea, everyone movies. would still be gone away. One of our uh, our co-hosts, Brad here, uh, says that that rat is one of the most heroic ha- rats in uh, years because he's the one who gets uh, uh, Scott Lang out of that uh, time uh, that quantum realm. Ratatouille comes in clutch. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God, it's all connected to Disney. <laughs> they don't own you yet, do they? No, no. I don't think so. Okay, I don't no. think so. I mean, we're still for sale. So, um, Disney, if you hear this. Yeah, it's exactly like a podcast and two sure, other guys. Who the right I, I got money, student loans can, to pay for. I'll, I'll, I'll be in your movies. <laughs> Put me in. And then Hulk. How do, he, how do you feel about him merging the two? I mean, it's happened in many I comics. I was fine with it because okay. at the end of the day. We, he was the only one strong enough to make I needed an arc out of him that didn't require a solo film because we weren't going to get that solo film because of Universal's wrapped up interest in Hulk. Yeah. Yep. So to give him kind of an arc to close him out, I thought was perfect. And the only, like, time it, like, took me aback was when he was doing the selfie with the kids. But then I realized, no, this is this is amazing. This is cute. I love it. Yeah, it's funny. It was for the families and, you know. It's one of those things you go through the process and you're like, no, this is amazing. Stop stop second-guessing yourself. Remember when he did the dab? This is fine. This is fine. We can move past this. Yeah, I find it interesting that Professor Hulk is into the uh, cannabis culture, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) You 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 know what, though? Like, I'm glad he's found something to make him calm. Yep. It actually leads to a great moment in the film when he's supposed to pretend to be the Hulk in New York City in 2012, and he's just the, like, the, seems kind of redundant. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's an amazing cinematic achievement. I'm glad you guys are passionate about it. I'm oh, actually, absolutely. You know, when you really look back on it, it has so much action, so much comedy. Like, it's an emotional roller coaster. Everybody in the movie theater probably cried like two, three times. It was. I'm just going to be glad, like, 10 years from now, I can say that. I was a fan for the first 10 years. Like, yeah. solidify the first, like, four parts. Because whatever they do now, like, I'm going to be okay with it. That's but, right. like, this this changed everything. Did you, did you, uh, back, let's go back to 08 for a second. Did you have to be coerced to do it the first time? To go into Iron Man and be like, I could go for a cinematic universe? Yes. Oh, really? I kind of was on board from the get-go. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is going to be insane, and I can't wait to see what they do with it. I don't think I had any, like... I didn't realize well, what yeah, was going to happen were, we, after watching that first We were technically little kids when Iron Man came out. Yeah, 2008, yeah. so like... Whoa. Yeah. Depending on what time of the year, we was either seven or eight, bro. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So we so were... You got, I wasn't... 
old enough to understand and I was getting into the like cartoons and the shows and I had read the comics I was like wow okay like they're making the movie I've been waiting for this see now I feel old because I was 17 when I saw it so, it <laughs> so he, he got enough. 10 years on this it's just so. been nuts because like because I'm in college right now and well, we got to wrap it yeah, up here for a minute, right. but really quickly, one last question. Uh-huh. What can top this now for the rest of the year? Damn, nothing. Is it Rise of Skywalker and nothing else? I don't even I think. have hope in Rise of Skywalker. I don't think it's going to do it. I think when it comes to superhero films or just sci-fi films in general, Endgame's going to take the cake. Right on. The Secret Life of Pets 2. Oh, oh, shut up! <laughs> All right, we're cutting it, we're cutting it. All right, that's been Real Nerds Podcast live from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019 with Ernest and Hunter. Woohoo! Thank you, gentlemen, for Woo. talking a fun, fun, about a fun movie. This has been another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. See you next year. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.